it's time for the Russian Revolution. So let's uh, let's do a little recap because if you remember in the past we referred to the Russian Revolution and said that well there was some issues with like food shortages and some corruption and some poor leadership that kind of ultimately led to the Russian Revolution. So we're going to expand on this a little bit for this unit. So we're going to analyze um, some different causes of the war. I'm sorry, of the internal revolutionary war of Russia. And this was land ownership, industrialization, World War I, and corruption. So, let's get going here. So, um, first off, land was a big issue for the cause of the Russian Revolution. And this is because, very similar to what we saw with the French Revolution, um, land was primarily owned by nobles, a la the Second Estate, if you remember French Revolution, priests, a la the clergy, First Estate, and the Tsar, the king. And that means there's probably not as much land left over for the people. And this is going to cause some problems, just like it did in France. So, anyhow, land distribution is a big issue. So, I'm not going to go over this 100% again, because you know it already. It's the same story of the French Revolution. So, let's talk industrialization. So, now, we kind of brought uh, brought this up in the past, that Russia was not exactly ready to fight World War One. So they were not industrialized, they didn't have enough supply. So Tsar Nicholas, when he comes to power, one of the things he wants to do is say, let's get going on that thing called industrialization. So he wanted to move the people from the farms to the cities. And if you remember, that was called urbanization. So, um, and all those problems we talked about with industrialization, like tenements and child labor and working conditions and all that good fun stuff, well, all those problems that the rest of the world had, Russia had as well. So they had a very awkward transition, and that came most notably to light when Russia entered World War I. And they had a lot of food and supply shortages for the entirety of the war and just for the people in general. And so that brings us to World War One. So the war started out as patriotic. Everyone was ready to take up arms, but once Russia actually got into the war, they were doing terribly. They had around 2 million casualties, which means people either died, they were wounded, or they were missing. Just by 1915, one year into the war, they had 2 million casualties. So, if you remember, morale was big time down, and you know Tsar Nicholas thought, hey, I'll just go to the battlefield, and that will boost morale. Um, and because, as I referenced earlier, he was a terrible military leader, or just wasn't the best at it, and so he caused kind of more problems than he really solved or helped uh, as far as on the battlefield. And that brings us to corruption. Now, I know I've kind of glossed over those. Don't worry, we're going to be talking about those a little bit more in depth here. Um, we're referencing them a little bit more as we go, but corruptions are next one. All right? Corruption, definition time. A departure from the original or from what is pure or correct. And so, you know, if everyone is just kind of like, have you ever heard of like someone say like, oh, my mind, my little fragile mind is corrupted by that terrible bad words or something like that if someone says something. It's because, you know, what the original is, the pure form, you know, someone comes in and modifies it, not necessarily for the better. And in this case, we're talking about one person in particular, and that is Gregory Rasputin. And just to give you a little quick history on this guy, he was a holy man, kind of. He was a self-proclaimed holy man. 
the nearest thing that we could find of him actually being a holy man is he lived in a monastery for a while, and people thought him thought he was a healer. And he kind of, like, attached himself to the royal family, and that would be the Romanov family, uh, the royal family, Tsar, Tsarina, and so forth. And the reason he was kind of, like, hired by the family or became part of the family is because the Tsar and Tsarina's youngest and only son, Alexei, um, had hemophilia. And that means, like, his blood didn't clot and he would bleed very, very easily and bruise and everything and internal bleeding, bad stuff. And for whatever reason, he was able to help him. Um, so he began to live with the family in order to keep treating Alexei, and he kind of started to influence the Romanovs, not necessarily for the better. They became his puppets, so to speak. And so um, as he became more and more involved with the family, he referred to them as Papa and Mama, because that's creepy. Um and the more influence he got over the family, the more power he got as a result of this. And he had some bad habits, and they just got worse because of his power. If you've ever heard the term someone getting drunk on power. So he would womanize, he would drink heavily, and basically any type of vice, he had a lot of that. So um, it became to the point where officials or people wanting to move up in the government and so forth would get appointed and dismissed at his say-so. So he could just be like, oh, you got the job and you don't got the job. Therefore, people would start to flatter him or bribe him to get what they wanted, uh, get the job that they wanted. And if you didn't bribe him, you were taken away kind of thing. And if you remember, the Tsar was on the battlefield, and that wasn't going too well because of all the lack of industrialization, and the people are starving and so forth. So now we have this Rasputin guy who's kind of becoming in control of the homestead kingdom. And many people thought that he was too, quote-unquote, close with the queen, um, thinking he had uh, a lot of influence over her, and he had a very... Um, interesting, possibly intimate relationship with the Queen, and the general people did not like this. So, anyhow, um, something has to be done about this guy. And the weird thing was, um, Rasputin kind of knew that something was going to be done to him. So he actually prophesied his own death in a letter that he wrote to the Tsarina, Tsarina Alexandra. And I just kind of pulled out a few points here um, that were written in this letter that he detailed his own death, basically. Uh, so main point number one, I feel, this is I meaning Rasputin, I feel that I shall leave life before January the 1st. So he says, look, I'm going to die before the end of this year. And he says, if I am killed by common assassins, and especially my brothers, the Russian peasants, you, Tsar of Russia, have nothing to fear. Meaning, look, if just normal, everyday people kill me, you're fine, okay? But, dun-dun-dun, dramatic music. If I am murdered by boyars, nobles, and if they shed my blood, their hands will remain soiled with my blood for 25 years. They will not wash their hands from my blood. So look, if nobles and people like high up, like, you know, your, your buddies and stuff, if they kill me, I'm going to put a curse on them. And he says, look, if this happens, this curse, brothers will kill brothers. Okay, when you think of brothers killing brothers, like, that means, like, Russians killing Russians. That's a civil war. So he's basically 
um, prophesizing his own little like revolutionary like civil war within the country. He's, he's saying this is going to happen, and he, and he was like spot on. Um, if it was your relations, meaning if it's relatives to you guys who kill me, who have I'm sorry, his words, who have wrought my death, then no one of your family, that is to say, none of your children or relations, will remain alive for more than two years after my death. So he's saying, look, if I'm killed by normal people, you're all good, okay? But if it's nobles that kill me, there's going to be a civil war, or revolutionary war in this case. Uh, um, and when I say revolution, it's like because of their changing of the government and so forth. Um, but it's all within the country. And if the, these nobles that kill me are related to you, everyone in your family is going to die in two years. Well, here's the historical perspective, seeing that he was kind of right. 23 days later, after writing this letter, Rasputin was killed by two relatives of Tsar Nicholas II. So, so far he's spot on here. 19 months after Rasputin's death, that means less than two years, the Russian Tsar and his family were executed. So, yeah. Um, he was kind of kind of right here. So, just to back up for a second and explain how he died, um, and then we'll get into the death of the Romanov family. December 17, 1916, the great Duke Dmitry Romanov and Prince Felix Yusupov, Vladimir Prushevkovic, and Dr. Lazaret, they called up Rasputin. They're like, hey, Raspy, why don't you come over to Yusupov's palace, and uh, we'll have a little social get-together. There'll be some food and some drinks, and we'll have a great time. So what they had done, the conspirators, had produced a poison feast of food. So Rasputin comes over and he's like, hey, how you guys doing? They're like, fine, eat up, drink up. So Rasputin started to drink the poison and eat the poison food and nothing happened. And the, and the conspirators were like, what? We gave him lots of poison. This man should be dead at this point. Um, but two hours passed and everyone's getting a little antsy. And finally Yusupov's like, that's it, I got this. He takes out a gun and shoots Rasputin in the back. Rasputin collapses to the floor. He screams, that was me screaming. Uh, and they celebrated for a while. They ate some non-poison food. And then they came back, and Rasputin's still dead on the floor. They're like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden, zombie! Upon return checking Rasputin's body again, he sprang up from the floor as he ran away from the conspirators. He tried to get away, but they caught up to him again and shot him two more times. They then proceeded to beat him with a rubber club. And now that he was dead... They tied him in a blanket and threw the body into a partially frozen Nev Neva River. I'm hopefully my pronunciation is good. The body was found two days later with his arms stretched out, and they determined the cause of death was drowning, meaning he survived this whole thing. So, yeah. Now, all right, this story of his death, some people say that it's, you know, there's different accounts of it, and perhaps it didn't happen that way, but that was probably the most commonly accepted story I can tell you. Now, some people also say, historians say, that Yusupov kind of, like, added in some of the, like, you know, paranormal stuff about his death to help justify why he killed him. It's like, he was the devil, that's why I had to do it. So, you know, take it for what it's worth, that's what history says was, you know, kind of how he died. Um, so, anyhow, um, now we're going to move on a little bit, and 
we're getting on to the collapse of the government and everything. So March 19, uh, 1917, disaster on the battlefield combined with food shortages, fuel shortages, brought the monarchy to collapse. Workers went on strike and demonstrations like marches and so forth took place with people yelling bread, bread, in the most Russian accent that you can think of. Um, soldiers refused to fire on demonstrators, even though they were ordered to like put these people down, they're causing a panic and so forth. And the Tsar is just losing control, and he finally he abdicated his throne or gave up control of his um, his government. So, in the meantime, now that he's not in control, a provisional government was set up to oversee the people. Um, this new gov- government decided to continue war with Germany, even though this was not a popular idea. Um, there was still tons of land issues at home. There were still tons of food shortages and all kinds of problems. So revolutionary socialists started to plot against the new government. And a revolutionary socialist um, definition, a theory or system of social organization that advocates the vesting of the ownership and control of the means of production and distribution of capital, land, etc. towards a socialist model where the government controls everything, which can only be achieved through revolution. All right, that's like a really big textbook definition. So let me give you the, like, real words or what it really means Um, we want a system where the government controls everything and the only way to get this is to start over with something like say a revolution so these revolutionary socialist groups were known as soviets and soviets are councils of workers and soldiers and probably the biggest group that was in charge was the Bolsheviks, and this was run by Vladimir Lenin. And remember that name? We'll hear it again and again. So Lenin was committed to revolution. Um, When he was younger, he saw his brother hanged for uh, for a plot to kill the king. And so they decided, uh, they meaning the government, decided to exile Lenin to Serbia for a while. And... um, Towards the end of the war, he was able to travel the rest of Europe, and he was actually able to study under the father of socialism, Karl Marx, who we talked about earlier. And, you know, Lenin really believed in the idea of class struggle and that we needed to have a classless society. So Lenin takes the ideas of Marxism and kind of fits them into the needs of of the Russian people. And Marx and Lenin had kind of labeled the two different groups of people that we um, associated before, which was the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. Proletariat were the working class that we referenced earlier, and the bourgeoisie were the ruling elite. So Lenin's like, well, we need to make everyone this classless. We don't have, we can't have these like haves and have-nots. So Lenin finally returned from exile to Russia in March of 1917, and what he brought with him was revolution and change. And as Lenin got off the train from exile, he was greeted by fellow exiles, activists, and prisoners of the Tsar, um, who had kind of given up, um, you know, they'd been been freed at this point. And this is a little quote from here. Dear comrades, soldiers, sailors, sailors, and workers, I am happy to greet you, you... uh, I'm trying to do the Russian accent here. I'm really, I'm trying. I am happy to greet in your persons the victorious Russian Revolution, to greet you as the vanguard of the worldwide proletarian army. Any day now, the whole of European capitalism may crash. The Russian Revolution accomplished by you has prepared the way and opened a new epoch. Long live the worldwide socialist revolution! All right. So, obviously, um... 
people just are thrilled with this, and November Revolution comes around, and so angry mobs of peasants and soldiers turn on the provisional government. Lenin and his Bolsheviks took control of the government and renamed themselves communists. And you can see where this is going, because we're going to have communism. And after gaining power, Lenin quickly signed a peace treaty with Germany, because the war was no longer popular with the people. Um, however, there was internal strife. And so a Russian civil war erupted shortly thereafter, and this went on for three years. And there was two main sides to this war. There was the Red Army, which was Lenin and his supporters. And then there was the White Army, and these are the people that still supported the Tsar. So you kind of think back to the French Revolution uh, time period. There were some people that were still kind of like loyal to the king. And then there was the people that were like, you know, well, we want radical change. Almost like the Girodins and the Jacobins. Um, but anyhow, the United States and our allies, we supported the White Army uh, because we wanted Russia to get back into the war. That didn't happen. All right, so now we have this new government changing. Well, what happened to the Romanov family, I'm sure you're wondering about? And you're going to have to wonder a little bit longer because we're running a little low on time on this podcast, and we're going to pick up with that in our next podcast. So stay tuned. There's more. <laughs> 